It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody could ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you're dead. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live. It is Tuesday's edition. It's presented by New York Lottery. Thanks for joining us today. I am Paul Dottino. He is two-time, not two-time, but only one-time Super Bowl champion, Jeff Eagles. I'm sorry, Jeff. I almost gave you another piece of jewelry. I'll take it. I'll get, I, listen, give it to me. Give it to I, well, me. Oh, I know. My goodness. You deserve two. You waited long enough to get the first. You should have had a second one. <laughs> Well, I've, I wish I could have hang on, hung on for a couple more years, right? It was just, uh, let's see, nine and then two more years after that. So, yeah, indeed yeah. it was. Oh, well. Anyway, he is, at, he is at Jay Fiegel's. I am at Giants WFAN. We're going to be with you for the next hour to talk Giants football. Our phone number is 201-939-4513, 201-939-4513. I would ask you if you'd like to hit us up on Twitter at hashtag Giants chat. I don't think I'd literally want to do that. There are pages and pages and pages of Twitter comments all over everybody's page after that game last night as the Giants fall to Tampa Bay 25-23 to at MetLife Stadium. So to be honest with you, I think what I'd like to try to do here, Jeff, we'll go real quick here. And by the way, as a reminder, you can find an archive of this show and our entire podcast network brought to you by Investors Bank on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcasts. What I, what I just briefly want to do here, Jeff, I, I, I'd like to get two or three quick points from you. And then I think I just want to open it up to the callers because I know they probably have a lot to say, and they're going to touch on all the things sure. that we would anyway. And and I think if we get deep into this for 20 minutes, we're only going to wind up repeating everything as every caller calls up. So I'm going to want to get to them real, real quick. So let me just start with you, I guess, your three key takeaways from the game last night. Uh, my first takeaway is turnovers. Second turn, uh, takeaway is penalties. Those are the big two, the, the, the Achilles heel of this team. Um, and the third one is I see progress uh, all around the football field, especially with that offensive line. I thought they played one of their best games last night. Um, a team that's got a very physical, fast defense in the Bucks, and they only got to Daniel Jones three times. Um, and at one time in the game, Paul, you saw there was three rookies playing on that offensive line, three-fifths of that offensive line. And, by the way, Nick Gates playing a position he's never played for, so that's pretty impressive. Um, but the biggest takeaway, the, the biggest takeaway to this game yesterday was, again, the Giants had a chance to win the game. Um, and now it's five straight games uh, where they failed to score points and just had a chance to win. That's the big thing. So, and, and I think a lot of people will not argue with me when I tell you that this defense for the Giants is probably the best defense in the NFC East. If they just could eliminate the turnovers and stupid mistakes that they make, they would be sitting better, a better record than 1-7. That's for sure. Right. One of the things that I think has gotten lost in all of the stuff that we have talked about amongst ourselves and amongst the Internet and the airwaves for the last I don't know how many hours is that Shane Lemieux came in last night and did a really, really nice job against a very difficult front. Yeah. 
he played well. I, I went back. I went back and watched the game specifically watching him play. Um, he's a good run blocker. Uh, he has to work on a little bit of his pass protection, but sure. he's physical and he's aggressive. He's um, nasty. Some, something that we knew about him coming into this game, and it, it was only a matter of time before um, he was going to get some opportunities to play. Uh, Coach Judge had told us that Paul when he said that you know we were we were counting on him getting in there and kind of like the Matt Pert. Uh, method, right? Get him some reps and get him out of there, but yes. he got a chance to, to make up all that t- last night with, with the whole game. So, yeah, I, I think he's he's a keeper. Uh, whether he will be, you know, what they call they're, they're moving him, you know, is he going to play guard? That's his natural position, by the way, left guard. Correct. Um, and so, you know, will they see how Nick Gates does the rest of the season? And by the, I think he's going to be the guy that's going to be at that center position, and now you got to find a place to put Lemieux. We'll By the way, happens. I love the combo block that Thomas and Lemieux threw on the Goldman touchdown. Yeah, I was just going to say that was sweet. A, yeah, and that you know it's it, in the NFL running the running game is just a matter of seconds, my just minuscule timing, right? I mean, you just hold your block for just a little bit longer. Those running backs, if they can just hit that hole, uh, they're going to score and or make a big play, and that's what happened on that play. It was really nice. It was really good. Um, but I, I think the other one is, and we'll get into it a little bit later at the end of the game on the pass interference call. One thing that the, uh, that this team uh, has a problem with, and I know that Joe Judge doesn't believe much in it. I, I'm a big believer in it after playing the game so long um, that I believe that momentum means something in games, especially at home. Um, I know John had mentioned uh, Schmelk yesterday to Bod Papa and Carl Banks in the booth over there that, you know, if there was a lot of player, if there was a lot of people in the stands, then maybe this call would have been differently. Um, but momentum means something in a game when you have a full stadium. And the Giants threw a huge momentum play out the window by, number one, stopping them on a, just a field goal before the, the first half ended. They get a nice kickoff return, and then they throw an interception right after that to just nail, just, just take the wind out of the sails and momentum gone from there. So... Um, but the Giants did, and I will, I'll let you get back to what we were talking about, Paul. One thing they did do is the Giants did play some complimentary football yesterday. You saw all three phases kind of kick in and, and be successful, and that's kind of what you're kind of looking forward to this team doing consistently. And I don't believe they came out with any injuries last night as far as I could tell as well, so that's obviously yeah. another small piece of good news. Uh, we can get to all the other hot-button hot topics as you guys want to uh, dial us up at 201-939-4513. Like I said, no reason for us to waste time on those because I'm sure that they will come up during our telephone conversations. So let's go right to the phones. Paul, can, Why- I, just do one, can I just say one sure. more thing? So just real quickly. So, you know, when, when we break down these games and we do it, you know, every week, um, we try to find things that, Going into the game may affect the game, and when you come out of the game, what if what type of uh, situations did affect it? I think something that maybe I overlooked. Um, I know I didn't mention this on the pregame show. I don't think I mentioned it um, in Big Blue last week, but I think that Jason Garrett and Graham they put together one of the best game plans on both sides of the football this week than I've seen all season. But defensively, you got to remember something. You got Brett Bielma was also a coach for the Patriots. Uh, Graham was a coach for the Patriots. Obviously, Joe Judge was a coach for the Patriots. And, by the way, Shuplinski, the quarterback coach, was the assistant quarterback coach for the Patriots. So 
I didn't put enough credence in all of these guys getting together and trying to figure out how we're going to stop Tom Brady. Um, I thought Patrick Graham did an amazing job of disguising a bunch of coverages, doing different things defensively to confuse Tom Brady, which is a hard thing to do. Now, Tom Brady didn't throw any interceptions. I mean, other than the tip ball one. Uh, no, that wasn't an interception. That was a fumble. But I felt that because the coverages were so good on the back end that the defensive line was able to get to Tom Brady um, two times, and that's more than he's been sacked in a long time. So I give kudos to that coaching staff to put together the type of game plan that they did. And the Giants players, they had to run it. They had to execute it. They got close, but they just didn't get close enough. Well, I'll just throw another uh, backslap to the coaching staff because I think they've done a sensational job all season long. I think their game plans week after week has just have just been dynamite. And yep. I can't say enough about Joe Judge, his staff, not only the game plans, okay, not just that, but the attitude. I mean, the entire atmosphere and the philosophy that's around these guys in terms of their willingness to fight for each other, their willingness to be selfless instead of selfish, really big deals mm-hmm. when you're trying to turn a team around. And yep. I see so many reasons for the arrow to be pointing up with this team. And now it's simply a matter of execution needs to be better. But so many of the other things that have to happen. Remember, when you build a house, you have to have concrete in the foundation. And then you have to have the sheetrock and the two-by-fours and the framing and the plywood and all those other things. Well, I'll tell you something. There are a lot of elements that are really going into building a hell of a house because of Joe Judge and his staff. And I, I can't say enough about those guys. 201-939-4513. Thanks for bringing that up, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Line one, Jesse in Connecticut. You're first on the show. Hello. Hey, Paul. How you doing? How, how you doing, Jeff? Good, thank We're you. We're well. How are you? Um, oh, I mean, I'm hanging in there. I mean, it was a tough loss last night. But I, I wanted to just uh, say, you know, Joe Judge, I mean, we – we can't say enough about this guy as a coach. I mean, we we probably been one in six the last uh, one in seven the last two or three years going on now, but I mean it doesn't feel like we're a one in six team or one in seven now. I mean he's got this team prepared every week. We're, we we got a great game plan. You know the guys are playing hard for him. I just think we got to cut down on these on these turnovers. I mean Jones is I, I really really am trying to like this guy, but. He, can't keep turning the ball over week after week you know what i'm trying to say oh yeah. i mean uh it's like you know that last drive there you know it was classic daniel jones he gets us down there we makes a great throw to tate in the end zone beautiful now the two-point conversion comes up and garrett called a hell of a play there that was a really really great scheme for that play and he had lewis right there but he was late on that throw i mean you you, the pass interference is irrelevant to me because that, that pass should have been on the outside where the guy could just run right into the end zone. Instead, he threw it late and behind him, and the, and the defender kind of ran into him. But he has a, a, a right to that ball as well. You know, you, you, I'm, I'm, I'm actually not surprised they picked that flag up because I didn't think it was interference. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to know what you guys think about, you know, the future here. I think we really got something going with Coach Judge. You know, if we can just – just get the quarterback to throw the ball away when it's not there instead of rushing. You know, I saw Brady a few times. It wasn't there. He stepped up in the pocket, and Gronk broke over the middle of the field, and he hit him. And that's the difference in the NFL between a great quarterback and a quarterback that 
doesn't have that kind of, uh, you know, he, he doesn't have that steel in his veins. You know, you can't panic under pressure. You know, if you, you got to run outside and, and, you know, and throw the ball, you know, 20 yards down the sideline, out of bounds, and that's what you got to do on that play. You know, it's funny when we talk about all sports being a game of inches, the Brady touchdown throw to Gronk was actually deflected at the line by Johnson. Isn't that mm-hmm. amazing? That, mm-hmm. that ball gets deflected by, by his fingernail, waffles through the air, and, of course, lands in Gronk's hands in the end zone for a touchdown. Uh, you know, so sometimes, man, you just got to wonder how, how much Lady Luck wants to kick you in the butt, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just got one more, one more question for you, Paul, because this, this reminds me a lot about how I felt about Eli in 2005 when he, when he was in his second year, even though we had a lot better team around us then and we were 11-5. But I almost gave up on him, too, and I didn't think he was the guy. And then, you know, he was able to get it right in his fourth year. But, I mean, do you see some, some uh, you know, uh, similarities with Eli and, and how we felt about him, you know, his second year versus where Jones is right now? And I'll, well, I'll, I'll leave that to Jeff. Yeah, go ahead. Well, thanks very much. We appreciate your phone call. Jeff, I'll leave that to you. You played with Eli. I, I will only add one item here, that in Eli's first 39 games as a starter, um, right, 30, uh, 39 games as a starter, that's correct, um, he threw 44 interceptions. And that, that spans the first three years of his NFL career. Just just letting people know what the facts are. Well, I was just going to tell you that I don't care who you are. <laughs> um, there's outliers. There are. I don't know who they are, but they are. I mean, if we go back and look at the at the history of this of the game and go back and look at the quarterbacks and chart their, their progress for the first 36 games of their career, or 32, whatever you want to say, this game is very difficult to play at the level that everybody wants the guys to play at especially the quarterback position, might be one of the hardest positions to play in all of sports. Um, and what comes with that? Failure. Failure, failure, failure. And what comes with that is working hard and getting correcting the mistakes from experience. Okay? The guy has got to get experience, experience. And he's got, I know we're tired and sick of seeing the turnover. All of us are. And by the way, they are. They are costing him his own team games. There's point blank, that is the problem, why this team is losing. You look from top to bottom, they're improving on a lot of things, but they're not improving there. As soon as that happens, this team will rise to the occasion. This team will begin to start to win, which builds your confidence. And now you go back and look at what happened with Eli Manning back in the years that you mentioned. Well, what happened in 2007? Okay? Then that's what happens. So in 20 or 21 games of someone's young career, Yes, we can get on him. We should get on him about his mistakes and what he's doing to hurt his team. He understands it. But until he gets it through his, through his skull in the game, the guy's just trying to make plays. He's trying to win football games. But at some point in time, Paul, and you know this, you have to understand that a punt is okay. Um, a sack is okay. All right? An intentional grounding is okay because you're not giving the football to the opposing team at good field position and a momentum play. And by the way, the Giants lost last night. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers scored 10 points off of those two turnovers. There's Mm -hmm. your game. Well, sure. Hey, what is my magic formula when you go up against a team that's got a prolific offense? What do I always tell you, Jeff? You get 11 possessions in a game. You want to cut that team down 
to nine possessions. If you can get them to eight, it's great. Right. But you want to slow the game down and get them to nine possessions. How many possessions did the Bucks have last night? They had, they had 11. 10, right? 11, they, okay. they had 11. They had 11. That was the, well, I guess because well, they had the, the kneel down. Take they had the kneel down, down right. at the end. Yeah. But yeah. Take, take away the two picks. Does that, does that come under my magic number? There's eight. So. There you go. Yeah. Done. Done deal. So yeah. there's no question. I'm, I'm, now, I, here's I, the other play, it. and I, I know that you, you saw this play, and this is, a kind of, this is one of those things where you might, it might be a growing moment. It might be one of those things where we finally, or he says, oh, wow, look at this. I did it. I was successful. He had a play on first down where he was in the pocket and threw the ball out of bounds. Okay. Yep. Um, did, was that the epiphany? Was that the start of something? I hope. But you know he has the ability to do it. Um, he just has to be reinforced a lot at this young age. You can't do that. You can't do that. You know, it's like the kid, you know, <laughs> it's like the kid, ba- you know, for those that have children, you know, it's a never-ending quest to try to hit, help your children not do things they're supposed to do all the time by reprimanding sure. them or, you know, slapping their hand. But they still do it. They still do it until they finally realize, guess what? That radiator is really hot. Don't touch it again. <laughs> No, the throwaway you talk about was the first down play right before the snap that was the Tate touchdown. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, there's no doubt. Mm-hmm. Now, when you think about this for a second, too, in his time at Duke, he played 36 games in his three seasons at Duke, and he had 29 interceptions. So, you know, it doesn't come out to an interception a pop, but we all know that team was offensively challenged. Oh, he was by far. Receivers. He Drop right. Passes. He was by far the best uh, offensive threat on that team. He was the guy who who had to make everything happen, and it's one of the reasons why, in so many ways, he was underrated coming out of school because he didn't have much around him. Okay, so I believe that all through college, he had a mentality of I've got to make a play. I I don't think in in at Duke. Now I don't know this. I haven't talked to Coach Cutcliffe about this issue particularly, but my hunch is at Duke. He was always of the mentality of, I have to make a play. I can't throw it away and live for another down because there's nobody else here to help me. Yeah, and that's ingrained. That, that's of in his, that, that is in his DNA. And so trying for three to, seasons with yeah, the Blue Devils. Yeah, trying to extract Jeff. that from him. Exactly. Um, it's a slow, dying Exactly. <laughs> this, so. was to, this, this, this issue was to somewhat be expected. And I, I honestly believe that it, it's naive when you look at him to not think that he would have to go through these growing pains. And, oh, by the way, you know when I talk about Excedrin players, guys yeah. who give the opposing coordinator headaches all night on Monday before the game because they have to stay up worrying about them? And we've said, who are the Excedrin players on the Giants offense? And we keep saying we really don't think there are any. Well, doesn't that mean Daniel Jones in some ways right now, at least this season, is in the same boat as he was at Duke in that he doesn't have any Excedrin players who he can say, I'll bail on this play because I know I've got a game breaker who I may be able to get the ball to on the next play. So what does he do? He tries too hard to force it and make a play. I, I really wonder how much he might have grown out of this mentality had Saquon Barkley not gotten hurt early in the Chicago game. Because, remember, the Pittsburgh game was the Pittsburgh game. But really, early in the Chicago game, Barkley gets hurt. He's out for the season. So 
since that time, since week two, all these close calls the Giants have had and all of these ill-advised throws and interceptions that Jones has experienced have all come when Barkley, his Excedrin player, has been out of the lineup. I, I know we will never know the answer. It is a hypothetical, and we can't get inside of his head. But I really have to wonder. I know I would feel a lot better if I were Daniel Jones, if I were quarterback of the Giants right now. I would probably have a lot easier time eating the football and living for another play if I knew Saquon Barkley was in my huddle. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. that fair? Sure. Well, listen, I, 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 it, is some, it is fair to a point. I, I agree with you to a point, but I also want He still has people, to fix it. He, it there you go. I, and you're still – there's no excuse. I, I don't want to hear it. I, I don't, I don't want to hear you coming out of the game and saying, yeah, you know what, at the last second I was thinking about pulling that thing down and taking the sack, but I threw it. No, yeah. well, you threw the ball. You, you got, threw you it and you made an interception. You've got to fix it. At some so, point – see, the reality is Barkley is not here. So at some point in time, you have to face the reality of what it is that you have and you don't have, and you have to adjust and you have to fix it. And if it means he's got to accelerate his maturing curve – then he's got to try to accelerate his maturing curve because ultimately it's his responsibility. Listen, I, I, I'm going to give you a situation, and this is, this, is, this is good stuff because, you know, I didn't play as long as I did in the National Football League if I hadn't gone through my ups and downs, right. learning moments and understanding uh, how the game works. And, um, you know, it took, me my, it took me eight years to get to my first Pro Bowl. It took me eight years to figure out how to really punt in the National Football League. And that's just punting. That's probably the easiest thing you could do in the football world is kick a ball four or five times a game. Now, with the quarterback oh, position is 10 times Backup quarterback more. holds a clipboard. I think that's easier. Well, that's probably easier. <laughs> but my point is this, is that you have to take these learning moments and understand them that you have to really truly understand them, not just the basics of I should have thrown it away. Well, Why? What is, the, what is the cause and effect here? Mm-hmm. Are you thinking that you can make a play that you, in reality, can't? Well, we've got to remove that thought from your mind process. Right. So, exactly. And here's the other thing, and that's what happened to me. When I was starting to get in this league and become – I was – you know, it took me a little while. But once you get into the league and you, and you can be consistent, you can play a long time. But what happens is I, re- I had to realize that I, I can't make all the plays. I can't kick the ball out of bounds every single time. I, there's 10 other guys that can make plays for me. And that took me so long to understand because I had the ball in my hands. I controlled the situation. And it was up to me to kick the ball 40, 45 yards out of bounds. And if I didn't do it, I used to get so mad at myself. But then I realized, hey, you got 10 other guys on the team. These guys can help you win. Well, Daniel Jones has four or five guys every play on his team that can make a play happen. How many times do we turn on the TV on Monday morning and look at the big plays around the the NFL where all they were was a little dump-off pass, a two-yard screen that goes for 68 yards? Have your other guys make plays for you. Don't try to make them all yourself. And that's, that's an acquired trait. It's like a fine wine, Paul. But he has got to get better at his decision-making. Until he does, this team will continue to be 1-7, 1-8, 2-9, whatever it is. But he's got to get better in those games. There's no question. Everybody has an individual timeline. There's no standard for this. That's the problem. Everybody has an individual timeline as to when their clock, you know, finally kicks in and also when they fully understand the processes that are required 
to make the right decision as well. These, Listen, these are I, all th- these are all things that individually every guy has to work out on his own. There's no click on the mouse. There's no you know vitamin on the kitchen table that's going to just make that happen right away. Some plus, guys are lucky, and it does happen right away. Other guys, have, it doesn't happen right away. And right away, when it's not happening, and this is going okay. Yeah, you um, can't bury a guy just because it's well, taking him a natural process to get there. I you, feel, you can ask him to go quicker. That's about all you can do. I feel your draft order is an insulator, okay? So you're the number one pick in the draft for your team. You're going to get a little bit more time, right. okay, because they're not going to quit on you. If I'm undrafted and I'm, and I'm a quarterback like Daniel Jones and these turnovers are happening, goodbye. I'm not even here right now. I can tell you that. So my point is, is that even though you're the draft pick or where you are, the evaluation process continues. And Daniel Jones' evaluation and process right now is continuing on a game-by-game basis. And all we're going to hear about is the Trevor Lawrence and all the other stuff that people bring up about the next quarterbacks coming into the league and this and that. Daniel Jones needs to be conscious of that. But he he cannot live like that. He's got to prepare the way he does. He's a smart dude, for God's sakes. He went to to Duke, okay? Uh, I'm sorry, but you still have to go to class. You still have to, you know, Duke is a tough school academically. He's a smart dude. He's a smart, he plays quarterback in the NFL. He's a smart guy. He's got to be smarter with the football. I and mean, that's, that's an easy thing. In my and, and then really what it comes down to also, Jeff, is if that's all you've put on the tape, well, then that's not a good thing. That's but right. When you're yeah. Daniel Jones and you're able to actually kind of help balance that scale because you make amazing throws that few people in the league could make, like the touchdown yard pass runs. to Tate. The run for the first down, the two fourth down conversions. And by the way, he got some help now. Hey, how about this, Jeff? Wait a minute. Let me ring the bell. Ding, 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 ding. The Giants had guys last night, Slayton and Tate in particular, who made plays above the X's and the O's. Mm -hmm. I have been complaining about this for a long time. It is only fair that I give props to Tate and Slayton, who both made outstanding plays on the back end of their quarterback's throws to assist their team in terms of moving it down the field when it had to be done. And that's the way it should be every single week, by the way. Yeah, yeah, they did. They made plays to give you a chance to tie the game, at least, you know, at the end of the, at the, end of the game. Sure. Um, two fourth down conversions, a touchdown pass, and what everybody thought might have had a, been a do-over. Your first, you'd have a do-over at that two-point conversion. You know, we don't know if, if they would have fumbled the next play or no, what happens, but we don't, we don't know. know that. They should have had a chance. The fact is that those guys did make plays to get them in position yep. to tie the game and eventually go on to win it. What was it, 13 plays, 70 yards on the final drive? Daniel yep. was outstanding on, on that final drive to do what he had to do. He had a couple rush throws. Yes, I understand that. But he also made some absolutely superhuman throws, and they they talked about it on ESPN. I, Lewis Riddick, I know, mentioned it a number of times, and so did Greasy. And let's not forget the touchdown pass to Lewis earlier in the game. Man, did he thread the top of the needle on that one. Mm. So, you know, Daniel Jones has done a bunch of outstanding things that really help you, uh, if you have any intelligence about this at all, help you gain patience for some of the other stuff that he's got to grow into and mature. Careful New York Lottery, uh, our sponsor, we appreciate them. Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by New York Lottery. Get out there and play. Enough about the quarterback. Let's get to the callers again. Line two, Matt from Long Island. You're next on the show. Hello. Hey, guys. Just to uh, thanks for taking my call. 
to, to continue just kind of the conversation sure. uh, there, um, you know, the thing about, you know, you mentioned about Barkley being out. You know, he did have three picks in the five quarters. He played with Saquon. So I don't, I'm not so sure that that's, uh, that really holds up too well. I think At, well, uh, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. You know, you know that part of it is not relevant because the first game in the quarter, you're talking about new coaching staff, new system, new everything, and he yeah, didn't have any preseason or training camp. Okay, so 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 that's no, that it's just a reason. It's a fact. You can ignore it if yeah. you like, well, but those are facts. It's a fact to you because it worked. It, it kind of no, it's a it's a fact because it's reality, Matt. If you want, if okay. you'd like to talk facts, we can have you on the program. If not, you can go away. Well, all right. So my my biggest thing with Daniel is it seems like if his first read is not there, his fundamentals break down. He loses sight of where he's in the pocket. His accuracy goes down. And he, even one of the announcers said it last night, you can almost see him back there thinking of what to do as opposed to it looking like a natural development. Uh, and, be, and before I hang up, Paul, you know, one of the things you kind of do a lot on this program, which I find very offensive to the fans, is you always throw these little digs in like, you just said it two seconds ago, if you had any intelligence about this at all, you got a real cocky attitude. Uh, for a guy who's been blatantly wrong about the Giants over the last few years, this will be my last call to the program. Have a great day. Appreciate the call, Matt. Um, one thing I, I think that's important, Jeff. I, I think that that's you know, I don't know. I don't know. We we talked about the pandemic enough, and I don't know if we talked enough about the fact that it is a new system, new head coach, new a lot of stuff. And, you know, I've never been a quarterback in the NFL, so I've never had to memorize a full playbook. I've never had to understand a new system, never mind not have a regular training camp and not have a preseason to go through. Now, by this point in time, this point in time, that's not the crutch anymore. We're too many games in. That, that to me, was an available crutch a game or two in, even a month into the season. By this point in time, that's no longer an issue. So let me make that very clear. I don't think that's the issue anymore. I think the other, the other issue is more relevant, the one where he is, he is right now just too stubborn about trying to make a play and is going to have to grow out of it. Well, I think at the beginning of the season, I mean, you, you can chalk a little bit of it to inexperience in a new system, but, you know, he did carry this over from last season. So, I mean, you still have to look at that early in the season as still a trend in my opinion, too. So, um, But you're right. At this point in time, th- these things have to be fixed. Um, and let's just move on to the next caller, Paul. Line three, John from Denver. You're next on the show. Hey, guys. Uh, hey. First time, long time. Uh, just because, uh, you know, I just want to tell you guys, you, you do such a great job. It's not your fault the team has been, you know, I hope not. I hope year. we have nothing to <laughs> do with it. <laughs> We're just here to take the arrows. That's all. <laughs> I, I, Thank you, I by really the way. Enjoy yeah. and I'm grateful for everything you guys do. Um, Thank I wanted you. to talk about the coaching staff, but since Paul, you mentioned it, I really think you're onto something. Talking about just Daniel's mentality. If you take a step back and just think about the Eagles game, I mean, it looked like Daniel at Duke. He was getting no help. He had no time. He was trying to get everything done himself. And the thing last night, it was like maybe he didn't need to be making playing that way, but he's just coming off a game where he was running for his life. So I think as fans, let's pause. Let's, like, give him a chance. 
He's still young. There's a lot of hope there. Um, well, you know, you know here's what I will say to you. I think what happens is, and it happens to all of us, we let our emotions come out and the emotions drive our comments and our and our and our frustration and our disgust rather than processing things correctly with what we know to be true or what the considerations must be to go into a rational explanation. I really think that happens more often than not, especially in today's world where social media is taken over and people can, without thinking, immediately express their anger. I, I think that's really, it's just the society we live in today. That is a very apt observation on Election Day, Paul. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> so on, on the coaching staff, Paul, you've been watching the Giants for a long time. We've had some great coaches come in. You know, but, you know, even Tom Coughlin, he's kind of a known commodity. His first season, it felt like, yeah, this guy's coming in as advertised, doing a good job. I feel, and maybe I'm nuts, they're one in seven, but I feel like Joe Judge is really exceeding expectations in a way that I, I just can't remember a coach coming in like a new guy, an unestablished guy, question marks, and putting up such a strong showing uh, during his first season. And I'm just wondering if you can recall any other times where you've kind of had this positive feeling about a coach like that. Well, I mean, Coach Parcells and Coach Coughlin, Neither guy was even close to sniffing 500 in their first seasons, and what happened in year two with both guys? You know, yeah, but like, the, like I think in year one with Coughlin, I was here. Um, I don't think he had the positive impact on the team that Joe Judge has. I think he, he was he was talk about somebody coming in and trying to change the culture of a team that was a players uh, coach team. Uh, Tom Coughlin came in there in that season. And said, listen, we're going to do it my way. And, you know, if you don't like it, you're out. And I'm going to keep the guys that want to buy into this. And it was tough. I mean, you had guys like Michael Strahan hating Tom Coughlin. Now he loves him. So I think your, your point is well taken. I think that this is Joe Judge is doing the things that a lot of people were hoping that would happen. Um, he's doing it with success, not by wins and losses, but he's doing it successfully getting this team to play. Listen. You can look at this team on a day-in and day-out basis. This team does not quit. They're fighters, man, they're, they're, and that's a good thing, and that's all coaching. That comes from the staff. That comes from the top, and that comes from a belief in that locker room that this coach is going to do everything he can to help us prepare to win. Now it's up to us to go out and do it, and eventually they will. Eventually we hope they will, but it's going to take a little bit of time. But I like your thought, and I like your point. I think it's a good yep. one. Thank you so much for the call. Be well. Giants fans get a New York Giants checking account from Investors Bank with a Giants-branded debit card, security features, and discounts at the Giants online shop. You can earn up to $250 when you open an account at InvestorsBank.com slash Giants, member FDIC. And the Giants and Quest Diagnostics want fans to come back stronger than ever. Now you can order your own lab tests through Quest Direct to get the health answers you need most. And we remind you also that Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by New York Lottery. Get out there and play. Duke from Queens is online too. Welcome to Big hey, Blue Kickoff Live. Thank you, thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. All right, before before I get to the bad, I just I want to get to the good first. Um, you know, I want to echo what the last caller just said. Joe Judge, you know, has been phenomenal. Um, it, besides, like a few calls here and there with regard to timeouts, 
that, that's really the only thing, and that's really nitpicking. I think the team plays hard for him. The team still plays like they believe in what he's preaching. So I think Joe Judge has been excellent. I think Patrick Graham has been excellent, and I've been pleasantly surprised by him because he wasn't like this huge name defensive coordinator. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so proud of Patrick Graham, and I hope we have him for years to come. Um, you know, now the bad. Um, well, can I just interrupt I really real quick? Let me. I, I want to ask yeah, you a question. So with regards to Joe Judge and his timeouts and stuff, I, I thought last night, when you look what Joe Judge did by using his timeouts, he gave his team the ball with three minutes and 41 seconds by calling all those timeouts. That was good clock management, in my opinion, that the way was. he used his timeouts. I yeah. was referring to another game, but that okay. was actually, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. I misunderstood you then. Yep. Okay, yeah. That was, uh, I, I forget which game it was. There was a, one or two games where we could have uh, held a, a timeout or we didn't even use one. We ended the game without using one. What, what, that's, whatever, that's nitpicking. He's okay. Phenomenal. What was your other one? The, 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 the bad is Daniel Jones. I'm, I'm sick of the excuses. I'm, I'm sick. I'm sick of it. You know, Joe Burrow, uh, Russell Wilson, there's a lot of guys that don't have much around them. And I know, I know Daniel really doesn't have much around him, so it's hard to even evaluate the guy he can be until you have things around him. But I am sick of the excuses because some of these things, it's the same thing over and over and over, and these things are causing us to lose games. And when that happens, you know, I end up, I end up finishing the game, I'm pissed, go to bed pissed, wake up pissed a little bit, depends on, you know, what the day is like. It's like I'm, I'm tired of, like, being pissed, man. I want to win, and we always wait. Like, this is the thing, too, with, with, with the Giants and, and, and how we are right now. We've been waiting. Bro, it's been, like, 10 years. We've been waiting. It, we can't wait no more. We want to have fun. I want to have fun, and I want to win some games. I'm tired of Daniel Jones. Thank you for taking thank, my- th- th- Thank you for your call. I think, Jeff, the only thing I would add to that is that um, Joe Judge is in his first season and Daniel Jones is in his second NFL season. It is human nature to pile on the frustration as residue from the last several years before those guys, you know, took their current positions uh, and to pile it onto them. It's, It's human nature. It's unfair. It is not the fair way to go. It, it is only fair to talk about what you have in front of you based on what it is that you did. But the residue does continue to pile on, and it's just unfortunate. But, I, I, you know, I don't know how to stop that except to try to explain the facts. And the well, facts sometimes aren't enough. It's, it's hard because of course, you know, of course. The, Giants, the Giants fans have expectations. The Giants fans had two Super Bowls um, within four years of each other. And here's the thing. You know, this is what makes it so difficult is because you're willing to be patient. As a Giants fan, I think you owe it to yourself and the team. This, we can be patient. We, this is the draft. This is where we're, we're coming in with these new players. I think the frustration level is that at one, where is the breaking point that I'm tired of waiting? I want to see something. But I think when you go back and look at these games, and remember, <laughs> I am not bailing out Daniel Jones here. I'm just trying to get the good, good, the, some of the good things that you see. Okay, the touchdown passes of, of last night's game, the two, the, the the fourth down plays, the the extension of drives and making he does some good things. 
So that's where you got to sit back and just you have that patience part of it. But I, I get it. I get the I get the callers, the last caller. I get your frustration. It's there and it's real. Um, and I just all I can say is that you know the we have to still evaluate Daniel Jones going forward for the rest of this season. I just don't think that I, that we can sit there and hand, and I know it's bad, but he's going to get better. I hope so. God, I hope so. Well, I really you know, he has eight games to show now as as the season still, you know, has another half a year to go. He has eight games to show that, indeed, he can begin uh, accelerating his maturing process so that these decision-making deals mm-hmm. become better. I well, mean, Paul, it's really very simple because the last thing in the world you want is for him to either stay stagnant or to go backwards. Yeah. Th- that would be bad now because now you have to start thinking about, all right, well, this is taking maybe we're not seeing enough of movement here, and it's not, it's not, it's not the way we expected it. So, and, yeah. And real quickly, I mean, if, you, if we take the Daniel Jones out of it, and I ask you as a Giants fan, are you – satisfied, unsatisfied, or no opinion on the, on the team going forward from here. Are you seeing things that, that actually excite you about future Giants football, aside from Daniel Jones? And I think a lot of people would probably answer the question in the sense that I'm excited about what the future holds for this team. Yeah, so I agree. We just have to feel that way. Exactly. And so I guess, I guess what I'm asking fans to do is that's the thing you can hold on to. And then you can just wish and go to church and ask God to please help Daniel Jones. <laughs> and if that can all get together, man, we might get those two Super Bowls in four years again. You know, here's because- the thing, Jeff. Uh, you, you, I know you weren't around in these days, but but the dark ages of the Giants, 16 years of lousy football, and then you had the people burning the season tickets and flying the, the banner overhead, uh, the plane over the <laughs> I'm stadium. I'm glad I wasn't around okay? for that. Well, because it was, it was from, from, you know, the Tittle era – all the way up until 81, there were no playoff spots, okay? That was a true drought, a true time of, of barren land, okay? Uh, I don't sense, even though this has not been good, don't get me wrong. I mean, look, the Super Bowl in, in 2011, I get that. I'm going to call it a drought, Paul. I'm going to call it a drought. It's been it, nine years. I mean. it, it's, a, it, it's a drought, but it's not the desert that they went through sure. 16 years. Yeah. 16 compared to nine? Well, you did have a 15. You had a, and, there was a play, there. and there was a playoff season in there, That's too. That's right. So, okay? Yeah. It's not anywhere near 16. <laughs> you know? I think a lot of, That's the other problem, too. I think a lot of younger fans – don't remember that because they didn't know it. They didn't live through the 16 years between playoff appearances. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you if if you digested that, you know, some of our older fans like Len have digested that. They know what that was like. Yeah. This this isn't this isn't there. Anyway, uh, we've got to tell people that uh, Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by New York Lottery. Get out there and play. 201-939-4513 is our phone number. Uh, Charlie from Portland, Maine, is on line one. Go ahead, Charlie. Hey, guys. Hey, Jeff. Hi. Hey, hey. Paul. Hey, uh, I think we do have an Excedrin player on our team, and his name is Daniel Jones, and he's given Giant Nation a bad uh, oh, headache. Okay. <laughs> you turned it around there. I saw what you did. You kind of flipped it. You spun it. How many it. minutes did you have to come up with that one, Charlie? Little, little, the little, While you little were on move hold? there, 180-degree turn. <laughs> All right, Charlie. Go. Come on now. What do you got hey, for look. us? Okay, look, Daniel Jones, 
now it's 32 turnovers in 21 games. You can't keep doing this. He is not getting better. He's regressing. And if he does four more turnovers before the bye and we're one and nine, it might be time to sit him. But I don't know if Judge will do that, but I think he's getting a little bit frustrated because the rest of the team, the defense is playing pretty well. Hey, Charlie, we could have had him. Yeah. Can, can, I, can I give you one number, though, just for argument's yeah. sake? Because sure. the turnover number is not an automatic indictment that the guy cannot succeed. Okay? I agree with you. You don't want them. It's bad, and you don't want them. Let me make that clear. We agree on that. It's a negative that we agree on. But did you know that Peyton Manning had 43 interceptions in his first 32 games as two-year starter in the NFL? Did you know that? Yes, and you I did. also know that. Okay, so you know it's Winston. not impossible. You know it's not impossible right. to have that turnover line and, and, and still succeed in the NFL. But I think Peyton Manning was progressing every game he played. I don't see this with Daniel Jones. And, and, and the problem is, is like he, he, he could have had four interceptions in that game. The linebackers dropped two of them when he was just trying to throw, the, throw a ball where he should have been throwing it away. But, you know, besides Jones, and the thing is, Paul, Jones, you're talking about a house being built in the foundation. You know who the foundation of that house is? It's your quarterback. And right now, it's got cracks in it. It's got cracks in this foundation. So maybe they can be repaired. I don't know, but I still don't think this guy is the franchise quarterback. Just one other thing. I don't understand why this coaching staff doesn't use Gallman as their number one back. He should be taking three-fourths of the snaps and the other fourth going to Lewis. I don't understand. This guy, all he does is run. And, and runs hard, and he gains the most yards, and he's got the most yards per average, and yet we don't utilize him totally. What is going on with that? What is? I don't understand why this guy is totally always in the doghouse or half a doghouse. You, can you explain this to me, Paul? No, no, Charlie. I will only tell you he had the most carries of anybody last night, and there are times when you see him give a spark to the team. I can absolutely agree with you. I think that there are moments where Goldman's flashes are are useful and beneficial. Uh, I don't know if it's because of of situational substitutions where, you know, Lewis has always been a third down back, and that's been his specialty throughout his NFL career. And maybe they feel as though, okay, you know what? He's going to be in certain packages. That's just the way it's going to be. And depending upon the game flow. Yeah, but here's the thing. What happens is during the game flow, Charlie, they determine which packages are best for that situation or game flow. And if that's not a Goldman package, my guess is that's why they're not going to put him on the field. Well, I don't mind Lewis being the third down back, but why are you putting Morris in there? Morris ran for some hard yards last night. You don't think? No, I don't think. <laughs> I think he was going Listen, backwards. Both Charlie, they got to get they got to get him some they got to get him some reps because if there's an injury to that position, you know you want to make sure that he's had some experience with the offense and you know it's some plug and play stuff. I, I'm not 100 percent sure on this. You might want to go back and check it, but I I know sure. that Wayne Gallman has has always been a a special teams guy too. So there might be some issues where he's getting some reps on special teams that's taken away from him being the number one running back too. Because I know that that the starters do play special teams. So I, I will that, say this, Charlie, too. 
the last three weeks now they've run. I know I know Jones was a part of a, a bunch of that stuff, but they've run the ball better the last three weeks. Would you not think as a as a backfield yeah. they've they've run it better? Yeah. So yeah. Well, so I mean, obviously I was, I was obviously to... something's starting to work. Yeah, I was totally wrong about Lemieux. I thought they should have started a veteran, but he played really well. So he did. He um, did. Yeah, so I'm totally wrong about that. But I am not wrong about Daniel Jones, and I don't I, think I will be. Uh, well, and you okay, know what, guys. Charlie? Thank you for the call. <laughs> you be good. Thank you, guys. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. Point being that you know at this point in time, uh, it's still a wait and see on Daniel Jones, and that's really what it comes down to. You can point to all the negatives you want, and if you believe that it's all negative, then you're not seeing the other side of the fence. If you believe it's all positive, then you're not seeing the other side of the fence. There truly are two sides to this fence, and that's why right now there is such a debate about it. The problem is nobody is 100% right or 100% wrong here. It's been a mixed bag for Daniel Jones, and we are only going to have to wait and see as time settles this dispute. Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by New York Lottery. Get out there and play. We go back to the phones. Christian is online, too. Hello. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. Um, Yeah, yeah. um, Yeah, last night was a tough one, guys. Yeah, last night was definitely a tough one. Um, Actually, you know, these past couple years, you know, have been obviously tough. Um, and the main thing about those, you know, everybody's been screaming that our defense was horrible, you know, in those past years. You know, our defense giving up too many points. And this year, you know, main emphasis, you know, was defense. And I, I honestly think our defense is, is playing phenomenal. Patrick Graham has those guys playing great. You know, they've been keeping us in games, game in, game out this season. And as far as all the people on the line saying about Daniel Jones, we need to get rid of him, you know, I think that's, I think that's overreaction to me, um, you know, because we're it's not like we're getting blown out in these games. Bill Pepper said it yesterday. It's not like they're getting blown out, you know. It, it's, it's we're we're losing by a small, you know, play here, play there. It's 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 not. I don't think it's a talent issue. I think it's just the execution. You know, we're not executing the plays that need to be executed. You know, and that's I what think Lewis Reddick our, said it best, right? He said it best at the end of the game last night with ESPN. He goes, there's no question about Daniel Jones' skills, his yeah, talent, yeah. and his ability, his skill set. It's all there. The question becomes yeah. the intangibles. The intangibles mm-hmm. have to come together. They have to mature and develop for him to be the complete quarterback that he needs to be. And believe me, there have yeah. been a lot of guys in NFL history who had the skill set, okay, and didn't get it done because those other things did not mature and grow like they were supposed to. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and like I said, I mean, even with his mistakes, his mishaps, we're still in these games. You know, right. we're still in these games. If he makes that throw, who knows? We win that game. You know, the, the, the Philly game. If, he, if, if, you know, if that throw gets completed to Evan Ingram, who knows? We, we probably win that game. You know, yesterday, if, if he makes that throw to Slayton, you know, that puts it 21 to 6 at that point, not, not giving the ball back and then it'd be 14 to 9. That's a 10 point swing. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's those little things, those, those execution things. I don't think it's a talent. I think we have a talented roster. You know, we've, we've, we've had, uh, you know, uh, our schedule's been tough. You know, we played the Steelers game one, we lost by 10. You know, we, we played the Bears, lost on a, you know, fourth, fourth quarter, you know, last minute mishap. With with the rest, you know, you know we're we're playing good against these good teams. Yesterday, the Buccaneers, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, 
and we were sacking them on third downs. You know, that's the Giants. You know, Giants defense. I miss seeing. You know, getting off the field on those long third downs. You know, sacking the quarterback. You know, we were doing that yesterday. We were causing turnovers. Blake Martinez, beast. You know, <laughs> I think he's a beast. Blake Martinez has been killing it this season. You know, our defense, our defense is playing lights out. I just wish, you know, we, we, we just need to – it's just that one play a game, that one or two play a game that's really the, you know, end-all tell, you know, yeah. that, that really decides it, you know. And, that, and that's the frustrating part as Giants fans. That's why we're frustrated, you know, because we know we're in these games. We know we should win these games. We know it, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and just to see them, fall, you know, fall apart, you know, it's just yeah. you know, that well, one play. Think, and then I, it's real quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was just saying, like, it's, it's you know, after these games, it's real easy to just point the finger, you know? It's real easy to point yeah, the finger. Oh, it's Daniel part, it's part of the is, job, right? Daniel. The quarterback is always going to be the magnet. That's just yep. the way it is. Yep. One of the, Thank you, Chris. One of the, one of the frustrating ahead, things about being, um, you know, when you're on a team like this, that you're close in all the games that you, you had mentioned, um, one of the tough things about being in the locker room and being on a team is that you know you're close. Um, that's what brings you back to work every week. I mean, it's not easy coming into work every week when you're losing. Um, and that can divide teams by saying that, you know, the defense is better than the offense and the offense is putting us in these positions. So I think it's a true testament to the culture of this team, the leaders of this team, to keeping the team together and coming in and fighting every week because they're getting close. And I think as a player's perspective, I've been there. You understand you're getting close. Um, and then all of a sudden it's just going to – it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to be one of those games, guys, when we're sitting here on Monday on Big Blue Kickoff Live and coming into a game when the Giants are not even close to thinking they're going to beat this team, or at least everybody doesn't think so. Uh, Maybe it's Seattle or something. And all of a sudden, they put it together. I mean, and that's when joy arises and people finally realize that it's taken this long and if they can just consistently start doing that. And before you know, the season's going to be over. And then all of a sudden, we got to look forward to the (laughs) offseason again. Oh, my. But it can happen. It will happen. I Trust me, it's going to happen. I think that this team has too good of coaching. It has too good of development of players. And I think that obviously with the 1-7 record, next season we're going to get some draft picks. We're going to make some moves. This team, is the arrow is pointing up. It's just Big tough. Blue, I, it's just tough. Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by New York Lottery. Get out there and play. I don't, I don't know, Jeff. You tell me. It's a mm. hypothetical. Uh, I'm going to make it too quick because we got calls still on the line. All right. But – if Barkley had been healthy, I know if ifs are always horrible, but if Barkley had been healthy this whole time, how many of these close games do you think he might have made a difference in? Two, three? I, I, it's hard to say, but hard I don't. Say. I, but I got to believe that you know there was going to be more something that I've been wanting every single week, and that is when the games are on the line, at least offensively, your best player has got to make a play to win you the game. Now, I'm not saying that this would have happened every week with Saquon making a play to win right. the game. That's why I'm not, you... I'm not saying you know, they'd be 7-1. and one. What I'm asking is, do sure. you think he could have made a difference in 100%. two or three games? percent. This whole offense was predicated on number 26. Ah, exactly. And, there, and, and that's also part of what has happened here and why the record is, is as it is and why Daniel Jones, unfortunately, is in this pickle that he's in. Part of the reason is he does not have his excedrin player next to him. Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by New York Lottery. Get out there and play. Line three, Carl from Connecticut. You're next on the show. Hello. Hi, Paul. Hi, Jeff. Great being on again. Hope you guys are doing well. We're great. Great to talk to you. I hope you are too. Oh, thank you. I just have a 
a couple more positive comments that I like Good. To say. We I've like been positive. A I've, been, <laughs> I've, been a, <laughs> I've been a Giants fan since 1982. I have watched every Giants game since that time. And it's, it's a process. It was a process for Bill Parcells. And he came out a winner. Great coach. It was a process even Dan Reeves when he was in Denver. And even with the Giants, they made the playoffs. I'll even include Jim Fossil. They had a good couple of years with Fossil. It was a process. Right. Then Coughlin comes in, and it was a process. And they won. There was, bad, there was some not great coaching in between all those names. And sure. even after Coughlin, there has been not the best of coaching. And now, watching this team this year and being a studier of the game and watching football for a long time, you watch and see even last night, how this team plays, how disciplined they are, and just how hard they work for this coaching staff and for the team. They play as a team, and it's been a little, it's been, I'd have to say, since Coughlin era, that they really play together as a team. And I see the sky's the limit. And I know Daniel Jones, he makes some mistakes, but like you guys say, this guy makes some phenomenal plays, and it is only his second year. And I think like, I'll even bring Eli Manning. Love him. Plexigo Burris saved Eli Manning in a lot of different ways because of his height and physicalness. Mm-hmm. Eli wasn't the most accurate thrower, but he had Plexigo Burris to bail him out. And, I mean, Eli was one of the toughest guys, and I love him. But it's just if you, when you watch the game and you know the game, there are key things on every quarterback. And then Eli was a winner. But he did have some tough times. And I just think that's the same for Daniel Jones. But I think the kid, he has a great arm. I think he's very accurate. And he's very talented. And, like, he just has to kind of, you know, grow. But I think it will happen. And I just have to say, I am the happiest guy to watch this team and how they play for Joe Judge and his coaching staff. And I just, I just wanted to put that out there. Well, Carl, appreciate the perspective. Really Thank you so much for calling. Please call again. Mike in Virginia, you're on line one. Hey, Hello. What's going on, fellas? Hi. Hey, uh, real quick, I just want to say, you know, um, something that the last caller said about Eli, you know, how everybody was always on him and how he wasn't, pinpoint accurate this guy is pinpoint accurate when he has the time and when he's when he's on i mean last year he had what uh 24 touchdowns 12 picks and 18 fumbles he's controlling the fumbles this year the picks are coming because from my opinion the picks are coming because he's in a new system just like his bumps and bruises from last year was which was a new system yeah. he, the, the head coach gets fired now he has to learn a whole new system so these are the bumps and bruises that you go through from the new system. He corrected the fumbling, so we're not going to argue about that anymore. Now it's the picks. But, again, that's just the new system. The guy will be fine. Um, yeah, I mean, of course, you know, the decision-making, but that comes with a young quarterback. Everybody wants the win-right-now kind of thing. And it's not it, – it, that doesn't happen all the time. Sometimes you got to grow with the quarterback. But it will happen. We have somebody there that can make the plays. The decision-making will get better as he gets older, and we have a young team. So we just have to learn how to win right now. We're in every single game. 
I'm honestly okay with it right now. I, I going into this season, all I really said was I want to be competitive, and if I if that's where we're at, I'm okay because I know the next season we're going to be even better. We had no real off season, no real training camp, so there's a lot of factors going into this. So people just need to calm down and understand this whole thing about football, and just not win right now. Oh, he sucks. Nah, I mean, hey man, he he dropped it in the bucket last week. And, and it was dropped. And everybody, I hate to use this term, was jock riding them last year in preseason, Danny Dimes, Danny Dimes, from a preseason game. And now they got what they asked for, put him in, get rid of Eli, and now look where you're at. So just be patient and just grow with the guy. The defense is doing what we need to do. Just grow with him. And that's it. But, uh, Thank you. Appreciate the phone call. Yeah. Good yeah, points. you know, and that's what it really comes down to, Jeff. You know, got to process everything with logic instead of just allowing the the juices in the bottom of your stomach to come to come to the forefront and and not think about this stuff. You got to think it through first and understand exactly what's going on. And uh, it's hard. It's very very hard. Again, in light of some of the recent seasons that the team has gone through. Absolutely. Listen, I I think that the. Uh... You know, you got to look, you got to be prepared to, when you're going to go into a conversation and start to, you know, throw things out about position players and what they're doing. You know, you got to understand what's going into the argument. So you just can't, you just can't come out with all emotion, um, which I know you want to, but you can't. You got to figure out what you want to say and, and make, make an argument with it and make sure that you understand what the ins and outs of it are all about. And the ins and outs of playing quarterback in the National Football League are their steps. You're going to have to go through those steps and their learning steps. And sometimes you just get tired of hearing it. But, you know, at one point in time, he's going to put it together. Well, he's going to have last, to. And, and the last point to make is that progression doesn't always go in a smooth line. No. There are times and other factors that come into play that sometimes – We'll put a little bit of a break in that line and even send that line backwards in the wrong direction until you get it back on track again. That just happens in life, not just football. Yeah, yeah. And I also, you know, the interceptions and fumbles, a lot of times quarterbacks, their statistics, they get pegged for them. But, you know, and I'm not, I'm not saying this about last night. I can tell you this. I'm not going there. But, you know, if a, if a quarterback has 25 fumbles and 30 interceptions, if you go back and look at every one of them, they each one of them tell you a story. Um, a lot of times they're not the quarterback's fault. Tip pass interception. Um, you know, two, two weeks ago, the Evan Ingram interception. That ball had a little mustard on it, but Evan Ingram, he's in the pros. It hits you in the hands. you got to catch yeah. it. Um, you know, when you get blindsided from the backside, uh, those are NFL guys that get paid a lot of money. They're probably the second, third guys on your payroll. They're hitting you in the back, and you're fumbling the football. So, you know, those things sometimes you, they can't be avoided, um, but there are the ones like last night that can, and those are the ones you want to concentrate on. All right. Well, that'll do it uh, for today's program, Wow, that Jeff. went quick. Gee, yeah, it sure Chris. did. He is at Jay Fiegels. I'm at Giants WFAN. Uh, that'll do it for Big Blue Kickoff Live. It's presented by New York Lottery. Get out there and play. 
As a reminder, you can find the archive of this show and our entire podcast network brought to you by Investors Bank on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcasts. We are here live Monday to Friday from noon till 1 Eastern time at 201-939-4513. Jot down the numbers so you don't forget. We'll see you next time.